Well, let me welcome you to Stevenson High Kirk here in North Ayrshire for our morning devotions. Well, this is the second of our summer pre-recorded devotions. And once again, you get a rest from my voice. We also welcome back our dear friend, the Reverend Alan Ford, who will lead us in our studies in the opening chapters of 1 Samuel. Alan will also be sharing at the High Kirk this morning for our morning service at 10.30. If you would like to join us, then please pre-book a space. Information for booking will appear at the end of this video, or why not visit our website at stevensonhighkirk.com. Well, in Psalm 59 at verse 17, we read, O my strength, I will sing praises to you, for you, O God, are my fortress, the God who shows me steadfast love. Well, let's worship the Lord together as we sing in our opening psalm, Psalm 100, All People That On Earth Do Dwell. Before 
God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Can I be honest? At times I wonder if it's not real. Just stories, myths, fairy tales. That it's just a book, a way to control the simple-minded. That only those who don't think would follow so blindly. that if there's no proof, there's no resurrection. But here's what I forget. There's more than one way to know something's true. Not because a book says it. Not because of a whim or misplaced trust. There's no physical evidence of love. How can I prove joy? I will never convince you that I was once blind, but now I see. Because I've seen the resurrection. I've seen it in a mother's comfort. I've heard it in my child's laughter. I've felt it in an embrace. I've tasted it when I enjoy a meal with friends. The resurrection isn't just something that happened 2,000 years ago. It's something that happens every time we choose family over work. Every time we choose to serve. Every time we sing that song, or we tell that story. Or a life is transformed. That is why we gather. That is why we sing. That is resurrection. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, this morning we take our reading from 1 Samuel chapter 1 and there at verse 21 through to chapter 2 at verse 11. When the man Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfil his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord and he will live there always. 
Do what seems best to you, Elkanah, her husband told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When they had slaughtered the bull, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord had granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he shall be given over to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed. The bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumbled are armed with strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for food, but those who were hungry hunger no more. She who was barren has borne seven children, but she who has had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honour. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. Upon them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his saints but the wicked will be silenced in darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be shattered. He will thunder against them from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Then Elkanah went home to Ramah, but the boy ministered before the Lord under Eli the priest. Amen. And may the Lord bless to us the reading of his precious word. There can be few in the world who have not heard of the adoption of little Madeleine McCann from her parents' room in a hotel in a small village in Portugal. To some extent we can all just begin to imagine the emotions of her parents and maybe because they're Scots we can feel an extra sympathy for them. Several large rewards have now been offered, la- rewards large as a lottery win, but rewards that people are prepared to give for the safe recovery of this one precious child. What would any of us give for the safe return of a child in that situation? It's true that this little one has attracted more attention worldwide than the 380,000 children lost to their parents through HIV and AIDS, but that in no way diminishes the pain of the parents in such a situation who likewise will do anything in their power for the sake of their children. Abraham and Sarah had longed for children for many years and eventually, in fulfilment of God's promise, Isaac was born on the day that Isaac was 
weaned Abraham had a, a great party for everyone but marked the day when he began to be independent from his parents. But another day came. Sometime later God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go, go to the place that I direct you, to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. And of course we know that when Abraham showed his willingness to give up his son at God's command, God provided a scapegoat, literally a goat of escape, to be sacrificed instead. Abraham honoured God. God honoured Abraham. Many a parent has given their own life to rescue their child. There used to be a question that was asked, if your house was on fire, what would you rescue first? It's a good test of what's important to us. I wonder what your most treasured possession actually is and what would make you give away that possession? Often we sing the hymn, Take my life and let it be, but do we really read the words of the verse which says, Take my voice, let me sing, always only for my King. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. And that to him speaks of total giving, total giving to God of ourselves and everything that could be considered precious in our lives. I wonder if you have ever tried to make a bargain with God. If my child recovers, I will always do whatever. If this just happens, then I will whatever. In a situation where a person or their child is in danger, people will promise anything. But the test is surely whether or not the promises are kept. Last week I mentioned being in an old propeller aircraft when the captain announced that for technical reasons the aircraft was going to have to return to where we had just taken off. Uh, a few moments before. Those sitting at the window seats knew what the technical problem was. There was a propeller on one of the engines which wasn't turning anymore. And I spoke of a lady who was screeching Hail Marys and promising that she would go to Mass every Sunday and that she would be a good girl if only the plane landed safely. I wonder if in fact her life ever did change. Somehow, I suspect it did not. Raises the question though, do we keep our promises to God? Not just in extreme situations, but the basic promises we have made to God of faithfulness and discipleship. Hannah made a promise before God. It was a promise made in desperation because she was childless. The promise was that if she was given a son, she would give him back to the Lord. 
only those who have waited a long time for children or even grandchildren can understand the joy of Hannah and Elkanah at the birth of the tiny baby Samuel. Every minute with her baby was precious to her. When everyone else went up to Shiloh on the annual visits, Hannah stayed behind while she still weaned Samuel. As long as he was dependent upon her for sustenance, she would be there. That would probably be until he was three or four, and maybe even five years old by the custom of those days. We find it a little odd for a, a woman to still be feeding her child in that way at that age, but that was and still is the custom in some parts of the world. Most ladies today would stop feeding their baby in this way by the time the little sharp teeth began to appear. These days, however, were very precious to Hannah, for she knew that she had made a promise and that she would only have Samuel for a little while. So every moment was precious. She would only have him for a little while because she had made a promise to God and God had been faithful to Hannah and the time was fast approaching when she would have to give her most precious possession for which she had longed for many years, her son, back to God. When the time came, she didn't just bring her son, she also brought a sacrifice and maybe also some food for his first few days. Her first task was to remind the old priest Eli of who she was and the incident when a few years previously Eli had thought her a drunk when she was actually praying. Her words are simple. I prayed for this child. And the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he shall be given over to the Lord. We can only begin to imagine the emotional cost to Hannah of those words. Many years later she would however be a grandmother and Samuel's sons would be judges over Israel. There's a little phrase at the end of chapter 1 which maybe says a great deal. We read that Samuel worshipped God there. He might be a little child but already Hannah has been directing his lips and his heart towards the Lord. Now already Samuel knows what it is to worship the Lord. And when we teach our children or grandchildren to pray, we introduce them to the Lord and to conversation with him and we give them something precious and someone precious who will be with them throughout their lives. Samuel is not the only one who worships ever. Hannah has returned to the place where she made her promise to God. Now we might expect her to be before the Lord with a heavy heart for she's giving her son to the Lord but she does so proudly and with worship and praise in her heart. First words of her prayer, my heart rejoices in the Lord, are echoed many centuries later by another mother, Mary, who sang, tell out my soul the greatness of the Lord. She too would have a son that she would have to surrender one day to the sovereign Lord. Not at the tabernacle, which I know, but on a lonely hillside outside Jerusalem called Golgotha. Her prayer begins with worship. 
There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. You are no rock. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly. Let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows. And by him deeds are weighed. Her prayer reiterates God's holiness, justice, mercy, sovereignty, kindness and love. Hannah, as we've seen as a woman who clearly walks close with God, but I wonder if, as we heard together her prayer, you realise just how closely she walked with God and a glimpse of the understanding which others didn't have in her generation. In other words, the Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and he raises up. Those words sound as if they were straight out the New Testament rather than the prayer of a woman some thousand years before. In those words, we get just a glimpse of how close this woman walked with God. For in her heart, she had an understanding of the plan of God that had not yet been revealed to generations to come. As if that was not enough, she then goes on to speak in her spirit-inspired prayer of the justice of God in terms of final judgment, a concept that was not in Jewish thinking in those days. And yet we find Hannah touching on those things in her prayer. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's, upon them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked will be silenced in darkness. It's not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be shattered. He will thunder against them from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. She was close to the mind of God. And we even find words here which point to the coming Messiah, Jesus, a thousand years later. We read that Elkanah, and she went home, leaving little Samuel behind, and that Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli the priest. A man wouldn't normally minister before the Lord until he was 25, but Samuel's role in life was ordained before he was even conceived. Hannah's prayer, and then she left her son in the Lord's hands and went back to Ramah. Do we pray for our children, grandchildren, and place them in the Lord's hands day by day? There's another hymn we sing which captures something of this. Father, I place into your hands my friends and family. Father, I place into your hands the things that trouble me. Father, I place into your hands the person I would be. For I know I always can trust you. Can we do that now? Let us pray. Gracious Lord and Father, we do place our children, our grandchildren, and maybe even our great-grandchildren into your care. We pray that in the fullness of your time, they will come to know you and to love you, and that they will grow strong and, like Samuel, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Lord, Hear our prayers for the children we come in contact with each and every day. Grant that we may be a blessing to them and show something of the love of Jesus to them. For we ask this 
in the name of the one who said, Let the children come to me, and forbid them not. Amen. Sister, let me wipe your tears Brother, let me bear your fears Come on, every daughter, every son Let us walk in love, for we are one Though we walk along and broken road We are here to bear each other's love And forgive us you Walking love for we are
are now going to invite Helen Wilson to lead us in our intercessory prayers. Thanks, Helen. Let us pray together. Only by grace can we enter. Only by grace can we stand. Not by our human endeavour, but by the blood of the Lamb. Into your presence you call us. You call us to come. Into your presence you draw us. Now, by your grace, we come. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that we can come into your presence through our Lord Jesus, who shed his blood on the cross. We worship you, Almighty God, and lift our hearts in praise to you for the amazing love and grace that you have shown to us. We long to know you in a deeper way and to see your glory fill the land. As we hear of the many people who have died due to this terrible virus, we realise how the world needs you. In your mercy, will, will you touch this land with your healing power? We pray for the many broken hearts and broken families who have lost loved ones. Do reveal your love to them and may they, in their need, turn to you and find the hope that only you can give. Our Father, we long to see a great awakening of your Holy Spirit within your church and spreading into our communities and towns. Help us, your people, to seek you earnestly and to see you come in revival power, causing many to turn to you in repentance and faith in our Lord Jesus. We pray also for those who once walked with you, who have drifted away. May your Holy Spirit work in their hearts and lead them back to you. And may our churches be places of warmth and welcome when they do return. Fill us with your love and compassion for the prodigals and for each other. Lord, we pray a blessing on all who faithfully preach your word today. May we all receive it with open hearts and not just be hearers of the word. Help us to put it into practice in our daily lives. And may we be used to cause people around us to seek and to find you for themselves. Help us to stand firm against the evil one in your strength and bring glory to your name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers, for we ask all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Helen, for leading us in our intercessory prayers. Well, we're now going to worship together in our closing hymn, My Song is Love Unknown. Oh, mm-hmm. 
And now let us go in the strength of the Lord and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with us and remain with us now and always. Amen.